When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. So let me get this straight. We finally get something that's beneficial to our culture. A fifth Dave Chappelle stand-up special, and people are mad at it? People are really scared about what he comes out of Dave Chappelle's mouth? I mean, what hasn't come out of Dave Chappelle's mouth? And now they're talking about canceling and pulling the special? Wait, 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 wait. Not too long ago, people have been out there arguing over who has the best chicken sandwich and comparing it to the boondocks, and now they're so busy complaining about what people do in a stand-up comedy routine? Man, I really don't want to live on this world anymore. Anyway, let's get into it, because welcome to the J-Man Show here on G360 Radio. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a click away. Order online and pick up at your local store. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, what's going on, J360 Legion? How's it going? This is the J-Man, of course. Welcome to the J-Man Show here for episode 114. (laughs) Hoo-ha! Yeah, we're getting somewhere, folks. You know, after all, we're only six more away from 120, and then, of course, you know, I'm going to have to start juggling this show in addition to college and holding down the job and doing sorts, you know, doing all sorts of other things. It's almost that time because my instructor just sent me an email of my first assignment, so, oh boy, got to get used to that again. But hey, it's all good. I mean, after all, I'll still make time to do these shows, and don't you worry out there, J360 TV still going to happen. Oh, by the way, by the way, I want to thank everybody who participated in the whole the whole poll that we had, the whole survey we did, because we're going to test out a new um, new podcasting app for this and all the other J360 radio series. So you guys told me, um, what do you listen to podcasts on? 45% of you said Android, 55% of you said iOS. So we're going to do one better. We're going to go ahead and create it for both. Now, granted, it's going to be in a matter of weeks because we're going to work with Spreaker. We're going to try to get all this stuff together, and hopefully that'll help with um, integrating and you guys talking with me live on the show from time to time. So, you know, just stay tuned to see how that all develops. I'd like to say not this week, but the week after this week. You know, you might see some for iOS, and then following week, you probably see some for Android. Just something to get, you know, something for you all to be aware of and look forward to. Now, if you don't, that's because I'm busy, and well, you know how it gets when you get busy. But you can take any which way you want to. <laughs> oh, man. Take that, woke culture. That is like one of the softest jokes I have, because let me tell you something. Living in woke culture can be a real joke. 
And I'm not talking about the woke culture that lets you know that every institution is trying to, you know, find ways to get money out of you, to find ways to go ahead and trick you and to belittle you and make you gulp horse piss every so often, you know? I'm not talking about that woke culture when you stand up against something that is wrong. I'm talking about the woke culture that where everything is too woke and everything is not fun anymore. Like, say like that one video game you played... And you had a good time just slaughtering demons and destroying them. And then you have your one friend there and you want to co-op because you want to see how the gameplay is different. But then all of a sudden your friend right there is all appalled by like the blood, gore, and excitement that you're having. They just go ahead and they just, you know, buzzkill everything. Yeah, see, that, that kind of friend is not a friend. That's an enabler. That's somebody that you really need to get rid of because that person is not helping you to enjoy the experience. That person is there because, oh, you know, this is just something I don't like. I don't agree with this. This isn't right. You know, kind of like if you have, like, say, like, if you're there going to Thanksgiving and you're just all excited about the food and everything else, you don't care about any of your professional or personal business. You just want to eat. But chances are that person that's sitting at the table with you could be one of your cousins or the family hustler or basically like the, you know, the ex-girlfriend that decided to date somebody else in the family just to annoy the hell out of you. That person's sitting right there and got the best spot and trying to eat all the right food. And, and you're sitting there, you're like, why the hell are you even here? Why are you eating my food? And yada, yada, yada. You know, any sort of enjoyment you had is gone is pretty much what I'm saying. And yeah, that was a very, very thorough thought example right there. Not saying that I went through it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened in the future at one point or another. But um, for some reason, PC culture aims for the things that like 10 years ago or so that you and I have enjoyed. You know, from, like I said, the video game example to the movies that we all idolize. Now, I don't know about you, but... Whenever I watch Die Hard or Lethal Weapon or Aliens, you, you know, like, I know I'm never going to be in a scenario like that. And if I was, I'm going to have to get to that point where I become a badass and I'm going to have to blast all the aliens away because it's them or us at that point. But, you know, for some reason, you got these touchy, feely, soy, ignorant, uh, up. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they are really, really stupid upside because they start appealing and feeling for other things rather than using facts and common sense you know what i mean they find a problem with everything oh and they also ruin comic books too because you know after a while it's like there are no female heroes being represented and then you give them female heroes some that have been around for years and have had credible stories looks over at supergirl and then you look to see like some of the other ones out there They'll say, well, the LBGTQ are not being well represented. And it's like, they're there too. You know, and then you see, like, for the longest time, it was about Mystique and her lover. Yeah, it happened. Granted, Mystique is not a superhero. But, you know, there are lesbian superheroes out there. There are a bunch of heroes out there that best can represent. But the thing about it is, the storylines that you fit them in, you see, you gotta have somebody battling these characters giving them a struggle giving them giving them an edge or whatever that's happening to them now we can always talk about how they're persecuted because they're mutants and they're different but there's more to it than that you see what i'm saying sometimes they got to be the underdog heroes and save the world for those that hate them 
Because if they don't, there's a world that they're not going to go back to. That's why the X-Men stories are so enjoyable on their own. Like, you look at Avengers and you're like, oh, I can see where the team is, is pretty good at what they do. But I can see they also are public figures and they're always held back by certain institutions that won't let them do their job, which is save the day. But then you got the X-Men who have always been a third party and they did what they needed to do because it was right to do. Despite whether people like them or not. You see what I'm saying? But while we're on that tangent there, you see these people here, they think they're doing right by protesting everything. The problem is, is that they are protesting everything. Even comedy. You know comedy. The objective thing that we have to actually make our lives a lot more easier. You know... Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. You know, Ricky Gervais was was very, very intelligent going out there and saying that. It's true. You're not right because you're offended. And if you don't like the shows that are being presented, you don't have to go. You can stay home. Or you can put on your own show. And let's be real here. Because that person is either on Netflix or on TV, or they got the ability to say what they need to say and broadcast it to the millions, it doesn't mean you don't have it either. You can go on YouTube and use that if you need to. I mean, and for some reason, people act like LBGTQ people don't talk about straight people the same way. People think that those that are out there in the world don't talk about each other. There's always somebody out there talking about somebody else. Always. Even in sign language. That mute person that can't say a word, your best guarantee probably writing down something or probably using sign language to get their point of view across. You never know what somebody's saying. And beyond that, you never know what somebody's thinking. And they're trying to do that minority report crap too. Oh, he was thinking it. He didn't have to say He was thinking it. Could be thinking a lot of things. Doesn't mean it's true. And you're allowed to think what you want. Yeah, isn't that scary? Independent thought, ladies and gentlemen. That is the most important thing that we have out here. And that includes those of you that identify yourselves as helicopters or peanut butter or whatever the hell you want to be. Depending on the day, depending on the hour, depending on the week. I don't know. Don't really care. But I also know this. Not everybody's going to be pleased in this or any other universe. There's always going to be something to complain about. And when you go to comedy, comedy, life is comedy. Everything is comedy in some way. I think more and more people are just getting to that point where it's like, I need to be appreciated for everything I do. I am a flawless individual. You got to see me that way. You got to give me 10 praises for every fault I do. No, I don't. I can go ahead and call you an a-hole. I can go ahead and call you a dumbass. I can always call you and say, hey, you know what? You suck. This is where you suck. And give you a strong explanation why. And at the point... I'm not doing it because I don't like you. I'm doing it because I have facts. And you failed at certain aspects here. But I also do it like this. I can help you get better if you listen and allow me to rebuild you a little bit better. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying destroy you the person. I'm just saying you're going to have to just take a little eraser, work on that narrative a little bit and understand this. Just because somebody's talking about something that isn't right in the world doesn't mean it has to be about you. See, I got somebody at work like that. Yeah, sure, he's lazy as hell, and he's supposed to be in charge of his apartment. He doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing. 
But he sits there from time to time and act like he actually runs things. And it's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> You'll sit there for a minute. You look at him, you're like, what do you do around here? But the guy is so insecure with himself. If he sees like me or anybody else having a good time laughing and stuff like that, then he gets defensive. And it's like an epidemic of very defensive, insecure, hypersensitive idiots out here. And then not only that, but people put them into places where a leader just needs to be, you know what, you got to roll with it. You got to just shrug it off and just be like, the hell with that. It has nothing to do with me. I'm going to keep on going. You know, but some people, they can't handle it. And this is where I know I'm kind of from a different time. Because when I look at like comedians like Dave Chappelle, he makes me laugh. Because in some cases, it's true to form. Life just writes itself. And he's talking about the stuff that he interacted with. The things that he experienced and went through. Same with other comedians like Chris Tucker or Cedric the Entertainer. And and God forbid, because even then, he's a broken pedestal to me. But, you know, Steve Harvey. You know what I mean? Even before he sold out and it was all about the money and that new rich trophy wife he got and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the one he's still married to. You know, you, you seen her before and he wrote that stupid book that ruined the game for everybody. Yes. Yes, I'm talking about all that. But you see, he was a credible comedian at one time and he went through some wild stuff. They all do. I mean, when you sit there and you think about it, it's like, the whole Def Jam crew, the Waynes, everybody is making fun of somebody else in the comedy field. And then people want to talk about representation. They want to talk about, there's no real females in comedy. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. For the longest time, y'all have been riding that Whitney Cummings and Chelsea Handler. But I can tell you Monique. I can tell you some more. I can tell you... Um, Le- well, I, can- I have a hard time pronouncing her name, but it's like, it starts with an L, Lemina, I think that's her name. I mean, like, they're, oh, God. And then there's another one, too. She played as, um, uh, Honey Coco, something like that. It was off of, uh, Mad T, the girls from Mad TV, Nicole Parker, Nicole Sullivan, Deborah Wilson, for goodness sake. A lot, and you can even go with Tiffany Haddish to a point. Now I know some of y'all are probably gonna say, "Jay, did you see her New Year's Eve show?" Yeah, it was it, it was ridiculous, right? She just wasn't ready. You're bound to have a bad performance at least once or twice. Like say, like if you made a podcast episode so good, like one thirteen was for me. You know, you have a hard time thinking about one fourteen, but the problem is you can't think about how the two measure up because. There's always going to be a different story to talk about. And it's always going to be a different experience to cover. And much more to make fun of. Of course, at the same time, it's debatable. Because here, once again, I'm defending comedy. You know, like, there, there is no politically correct joke. There is no way for it. Not at all. You're always going to have that certain percentage of people who will try to scream the loudest... Try to complain about everything that is wrong about the show. Whereas, you know, the three-fourths that was in that audience, they probably enjoyed every bit of it. So if you're like an um, upcoming comedian 
or somebody that's wanting to do stand-up, try stand-up, or, or, or just, you know, go out there. You're just going to have to understand you're not always going to have all the people on your side. You should go out there and just speak your mind. Just talk. You have self-expression. You have parody law. You have all those things. And, you know, it gets even worse when you realize that whoever's in charge of public office, oh, yeah, these are credible pillars of salt here because they can't handle anything. That skin is so, so thin. Even the lightest thing will snap that person off. I mean, you see it from Trump all the time. Like I said, this isn't a political-based episode, so I'm not going to delve too deep into that, though I do have a lot to cover. But it's just so... It's just so sad how comedy is getting getting all of this flack for nothing. From people that said, oh, I was picked on. It's a, you got to get over it. You got to find that strength inside. And you got to understand that none of that stuff defines you other than just being a giant crybaby because you expect everybody else around here to give a damn about the problems you went through. Now, I went through some problems. I went through a lot of changes. I could be running around here talking about my anxiety. I could be running around here talking about problems with women. I could be running around here talking about women's problems with me. Or, you know, LBGTQ's problems with me. And I'm allowed to. Because those are the experiences I've had. Now, needless to say, I'm not about the LBGTQ life. But I don't see why they need to be persecuted and ridiculed and all. You know what I'm saying? I don't see why that that need to be put around and pushed down and stuff like that. But I know this, if they're talking trash about me, I'll happily talk trash about them. And I have the goal to do it. Because I'm not afraid to do it. I don't need to be on, like, say, like, if I ever do reach the high levels of, like, Kevin Hart, you're not going to see me running around on TV apologizing and all that stuff. You're not. Because you know why? Because this is comedy. This is comedy in general, that I have to go out here and apologize to a bunch of people I don't even know and probably don't even care. They want to go ahead and they just want to say, hey, he apologized to us, so now we can put our foot in his back and keep him down on the ground. And that's just not the way to go. It's not the right way to do things. That's somebody's job. That's somebody out there who's probably trying to make a little extra money in their lifetime because the day job ain't paying them well enough or they're actually pretty good at what they do And they love to pursue comedy as a career. Even if it's not viable or safe, they still want to go ahead and do that kind of stuff. But now there's more censorship. And I've noticed that Netflix has not only been trying to black out a few things, they also black out the last bits of a comedy routine now. Saying that we have trouble playing this content. I've noticed that. Like as soon as they're about to do that big punchline at the end of the special... And then they go ahead and they tell the audience, all right, that's all, good night. It's, it, it does this. It's does, it has been doing this for the last few specials I've watched with Dave Chappelle and Cedric the Entertainer. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, this censorship crap got to stop. All of this, all this whiting out has got to stop. And yeah, I say that in terms of liquid paper. I don't say that in terms of race. But if you want to take it that way, that's your problem. Seek help. Now, like I was saying, you can't be running around here doing this. 
I know a lot of us want to be revolutionaries. A lot of us want to be iconoclasts. They want to change everything. They want to go ahead and pepper it up to other people's sensibilities. Okay, entirely up to you. That's a nice, hefty goal, but here's the thing. Your emotions are not going to help. Your overall really, really touchy-feely emotions are not going to help. There will always be tough times. There will always be the argument of, was this too risque or not? But you needed to say what you needed to say. It's just your truth. It doesn't mean that it defines you. And I hope people will learn to get over themselves a little bit. Because at some point, you got to look at yourself and say, gee, what kind of a-hole am I? You know what I'm saying? And I don't like how, like, if anything else, they're trying to block out this stuff, block out that stuff. Do you not know that the mediums, and I mean all the mediums in media, have been breaking barriers for a long time just so we can evolve as people? By us doing this kind of stuff, we're going back into a hole. And you already look at Hollywood, and some people act like Hollywood is the cleanest institution we have. Matter of fact, it is about the dirtiest institution we have. A lot of people, they go all the way over there for the hopes and dreams of being on that stage, any kind of stage. And everything gets dashed against the wall or the people that said, hey, we're going to back you every step of the way, find out something from their past and then vanish, run away, won't touch you. Won't even look at you and say, oh, you you were here. You know, they act like you were a complete non-person. There are some people out there that deserve it, but not the people that are going out there, getting their strides, starting out, trying to find that mentorship. They don't deserve that. You know? Which is why I hope J360 grows strong enough to the point where, you know, if you got rejected or you got pushed aside or whatever, we can give you that fighting chance again. Because everybody deserves a chance to be on stage. And if you strike out, you strike out. You can go ahead and reintroduce yourself later. You can go ahead and practice yourself back up again. You know, nowadays you got people out here that are trying to take classes to learn podcasting. Now, isn't that something? You're going to go ahead and you're going to learn podcasting, right? You're going to go and find one of these independent companies out here, which it isn't bad if you have a mentor, I guess. I guess. But here's the thing. The only way you'll ever get good at something is if you just strengthen up, find your courage, and get on the mic. That is the only thing you can do. Because you're never going to be perfect sitting in the backstage going, yeah, 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 I got this. Yeah, 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 I'm good. All that kind of stuff. Like, I do this show live. It took me a lot of time to have the courage to do it live, but I do this show live. I didn't have a mentor. You understand what I'm saying? I got a mic, I had a lot of stuff written down, and I was pissed off at one of my coworkers at one time, and I had to do what I had to do. Because I had the Fridays at J360 show, but because certain issues happened, and I realized I just couldn't rely on that other person anymore, I did what I had to do. And then hence, you have this great show that has been running for three years of varying quality and results. But I've been running for three years to make it even four, and I haven't looked back since. Now, I've always been working, reformatting, and trying to strengthen my way across as I need to, 
But I also know, like, you know, I never paid for instructions. I just went ahead and did it. Sometimes you just have to go ahead and do it. Like, and I got to commend all of these guys out here and girls. And were helicopters. <laughs> yeah, I can't leave you guys out, especially you Apaches. Jump on it. Jump on it. Uh-uh. Dum, 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 dum. For those of you out there, you know, I got to commend you. You want to be doing live performances. You want to be out there all the time. You got people out there that could probably boo you at any moment, throw tomatoes at you. Or, you know, if you did, uh, see, this is a show back in the day. It was called, um, it was called At the Apollo, right? Usually like a trial, uh, no, trial nights at the Apollo, but actually no, Showtime at the Apollo. Yeah, that's right. I can never forget that. I can never forget that. You know who used to be the real pain in the ass at Showtime at the Apollo? Sandman. If you're out there performing and Sandman shows up, ready to just sweep you off and be cruel as hell to you, you had to learn how to deal with that. That's called criticism. And I know a lot of these stand-up comedians these days had to deal with that at one point or another. You know? (laughs) Had to. Because that's the way they knew if their stuff was caliber and if it was tough. And, you know, some people, they like to criticize. And a lot of people that criticize, well, they failed out of doing stuff and they didn't want to improve. So that's where you know where your critic is. But then when you look at PC culture and you realize PC culture is just trying to infest its way in anything so you have no enjoyment. Like when I come home, I turn on the comedy channel. Or I listen to some of my other podcasting buddies because some of you guys are just wild as hell. Let's be real about that. But I listen to the comedy channel and I like to hear that unrated comedy. I like to hear that comedy that's actually, you know, biting the hand humor. Like married with children. Like all sorts of, uh, you know, like just being real about it. Because it was an end joke at how the home life was. And not only that, but you know how people interact with one another. I mean, granted, you know, I interact with Alan a lot different than I interact with Mondo. And then, like, Mondo interacts with Alan a lot different than he interacts with me. And the list goes on and on. (laughs) You know? It's just all about how we all interact differently. And we all speak our minds and we say a lot of wild stuff. To the point, like, it just really depends on the topical joke at the time. I just know it's not going to please everybody. You see what I'm saying? Like, Alan's whole joking method. And this is when, after we were done arguing with each other for a while... I realized something that his skill set and his ability to do comedy is a lot different than mine. So as I saw and I put him out there on his audition, he was able to show me he can go ahead and make people laugh very well using a different method wholly from mine. You see what I'm saying? And that's when I learned to appreciate his art form. You see, but what would everybody be in offended by everything else and finger pointing and all that kind of stuff? We're going to miss out on the basis of what these people are talking about as they're on stage. And we need that comedy. Things are getting really, really serious now. Things are getting beyond ridiculously serious now. You know, and I'm not just talking about the Amazon fire or the joke about like all the people that were out there at Popeye's mad as hell because a chicken restaurant ran out of chicken patties. You know what I'm saying? The stuff is funny as hell. 
Like when you really think about it, because they could have all went to Chick-fil-A and got nearly similar the same thing. And you see, I remember a long time ago when Chick-fil-A wasn't even standalone restaurants over here in D.E. They were in the mall. That was about it. And everybody was talking about, wasn't even thinking about Popeye's. And then Popeye's announced that they had that same, well, hold on, hold on, getting a little too out of myself. Then Chick-fil-A started becoming standalone restaurants around here. And people were packing them out, man. You couldn't even think about getting in there. If you got there by at least 12, chances are you're going to be there by 5 o'clock because they're not done getting through all the cars. I remember what it was like. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, Popeyes came up with theirs. And, and nobody was even thinking about Popeyes. Nobody was even talking about Popeyes for a while. Then Popeyes came up with their chicken sandwich. And then, boom, all of a sudden, now there was a chicken wars thing. And it was like, what? Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen wild wildness from people of my race. But that had to have been the most outrageous there for a while. I mean, at a long time, especially when it came to chicken. I was like, wow, there are so many stereotypical jokes that you can make from this. I'm like, uh, 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 y'all look crazy as hell doing this. And then there are other restaurants like Arby's who don't even get mentioned in this crap, by the way. And they've had chicken sandwiches for a long time. But, you know, that's just the way it is, right? The triggering blitz, the PTSD of it all. And it doesn't make any sense. But you love to laugh about it, and that's why it's funny. Like when some of these memes that came out with that... Like the one picture of the dude holding his his Popeye chicken box and the Popeye chicken box is on the side of him. Like like this is a very emotional moment. <laughs> I mean, like this this stuff is funny. But you see the problem is it's a stereotype in African American culture about fried chicken. Among other stereotypes. But at the same time, should we get offended by that? Or should we understand that there's truth to this in, in, in reality that is shown? Because when Popeyes ran out of their chickens and stuff, people ran out of their chicken sandwiches, I should say. Yeah, you could have ordered anything else. But nope. When they ran out of that chicken sandwich, people went crazy. And I was so sad I didn't get to participate in that crap. Because I would have loved filming it, man. Because I'm, I'm going to get me some stuff for J360 TV. Don't you worry about it. And don't say, oh, oh, you're just betraying your own people. Nah, fool. You looking foolish over here doing all this stupid stuff. And I just need to go ahead and just say, look how you became. Or what you turned into. Or vice versa. But that was a terrific way to end this summer off. I'll tell you that right now. But as I look at it, Dave Chappelle's Stick and Stones was good. Like, it's on Vice that they're saying, oh, yeah, it's okay for you to avoid this. Uh, Fox News is saying that censorship culture is looking at this. Cancel culture. Netflix is going to pull this. It's like, no, they're not. If Netflix is smart and considering all the stuff that they have canceled right now, they better not pull that because guess what? Numbers are going to dip right down. They better recheck themselves and say, hey, he's got freedom of expression. He worked with us. He, we know his comedy. We're going to work with him. Oh, and let's not forget, Wade Robeson was very upset about it because, and you guys remember Wade Robeson, right? He's the guy that helped made that Leaving Neverland um, documentary. Michael Jackson's been dead for how many years and, and they still trying to get him? Or let you know about people like him. 
to this day, it's like, it's, it's, is it biased? Was Michael weird? Yeah, Michael was weird. I'm not going to say he wasn't. But at the same time, it's like, I blame the parents. Like, if you, if you got, even if Michael was as big of a monster as R. Kelly, I blame the parents entirely, or the ones that are responsible for the children, because these children, they, you know, they're just getting their taste of the world. If they're at 14 or whatever, they're still trying to figure things out, and they don't have things all figured out and stuff. So, you as that legal guardian, you are supposed to make the final decision whether to bring your child around these kind of people. And if you know that these kind of people have something wrong with them, like R. Kelly, who has a huge amount of sex tapes, think about it. You're just as bad as he is. Go serve time, too. You know? And the thing about Michael was, I mean, uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin said he hasn't done anything to him or his brother. So, but the man is dead, so there's really no way of doing too much about it. Am I going to say he was a monster? He's a monster if all that stuff is true. But some of that stuff can be very biased. Because I think Robeson and Safechuck, weren't they trying to get jobs for certain areas and Michael was going to put in a good word for him, but they never got the job. So this whole thing is all about like what they're, what they're trying to get. And the Jackson family is suing the, uh, the creator behind leaving Neverland and those two for a million dollars, as far as I know. And damages. I mean, a million dollars, that's pretty cheap though. If it was me, I'd take them for every cent that they have. I would. I'm not going to lie about that. But because that subject was brought up in the Chappelle special here, you know, people are just going to find things to complain about anyway. But we need comedy. Whether you like it or not, we need comedy. Not everything can just be a tragedy around here. If there's one way I want to go out, I want to go out laughing. I want to go to a comedy show and just enjoy the show. I want to see all these things transpire and we all become better people as we sit here and we enjoy these comedy specials. I mean, if you're somebody out there that believes a certain narrative, like there isn't enough LBGTQ um, representation in comedy, then go out there and talk some stuff. Be a comedian too. I mean, Mario Candone does it. I don't see why you couldn't. RuPaul does it. I mean, for goodness sakes. Just get off your ass and do it. I mean, if that's how you feel, I mean, just like me, you know, I might not be the best at a lot of the stuff I do, but I do my best and I improve every time and I keep working at it. Even if this show seems like a ramble, it might be. But why we need comedy is because comedy helps shape our universe in a way. We're poking fun at ourselves and we are beautifully flawed people and we should poke fun at ourselves otherwise you'd be no different than that guy at my job who thinks everybody's out to get him and thinks that the world revolves around him and he has to go ahead and brag about how great he is even though it's so mundane it's ridiculous and you know the sad part about that is he told me all of his life story in his bragging whereas i don't tell anybody too much of my life story When I make this show. That's the funniest thing. 
And it's sad for him. But hey, you think about it from time to time. But always remember this. Comedy is objective. We have it here as a gift. And we need to use it. Not everybody will understand our comedy, but I'm sure that there is always going to be at least a quarter to a half of people that know what you're talking about, but there's going to be three-fourths of people that you're going to always, always have outside of that one-fourth that just doesn't like you. All right? So if you're a performer out there, do what J-Man does. Utilize your NFG. You have to use that skill set all the time because NFG is going to help you get stuff done. And that is no F's given. Don't give a rat's ass about what somebody else thinks. Sell that story. Put it out there. Sell it. Don't stop selling it. And if they go ahead and they be like, oh, oh, that hurts me. Good. You need to be hurt. Not your mama. Not your daddy. You're going to take it. All right. And outside of that, though, I talked your ear off uh, for enough of this uh, first half of our double special. Oh, and by the way, for those of you wondering why we're doing two J-Man episodes this week, well, that's because it's the end of summer. People are going back to school, if not already, and I'm going back to school, and I want to go ahead and give this summer a big ending, so that's why you're getting a double special. And we will continue with this double special tomorrow with episode 115. Now, what that one's going to be about, you'll find out. But until then, this is the J-Man signing off. You all take it easy, okay? Peace.